Gross. This is stick to football. Do you like that one better? <laughs> really caught me off guard on that one. I like just doing different <laughs> intros now to watch your face. Uh, this is Six Football Bleach Reports. I think that one's going to stick. <laughs> draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller, and I do not know Spanish. And joining me is Mello, who uh, in Spanish is... Donde esta la biblioteca? Hello, where's the library? I don't know. Where's, where's the, library? the library? Yeah, so there it is. This is Stick to Football. You have found us, and you've already changed to a different podcast. But uh, we are Please going- do not adjust the settings <laughs> yeah. on your iPhone. Yes, this is in English. <laughs> you see cool. Vance Joseph now having the time of his life. I would pay so much money for two like Spanish-speaking people, though, to like dub our podcast for our Spanish audience. Yes. Yeah. Stick to football deportes. Stick to football. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's got to happen. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, Tonight's going to be a fun show. We're going to go around the league with all the news and notes. We're going to pick them and preview them. We have our top fives this week, and it is a good one. Yeah, we are going to go over uh, college, or not even college football players, just football players that we hate. Uh, Spoiler alert, I'm going to put on some Oklahoma players it's just the way the cookie crumbles. I have a guy I played against in high school on my list because we didn't specify. No so we'll see how deep into the big board we get. I might just throw him on there as an honorable mention. Uh, I will never forget. Uh, and then we're going to close out with a lot of draft on draft questions. I mean, a lot. I mean, one guy alone sent in seven and we put them on the board. I didn't want to cut them. So, yeah, they're on the board this week. The Dr. Defense is his name on Instagram. He sent seven questions. We're going to answer them. Before we get into everything that's happening in the world of football, we need to talk about what's happening in our world, though. We're sitting here Thursday night. It's snowing outside, I think, is what I've been told. And guess what? Saturday morning, we're tailgating in Joppa, Missouri. The tailgate tour comes home at Missouri Southern versus Pitt State. So this is a big rivalry game. This is like, uh, what's a good team that has a rival that's not good? Texas and Texas Tech. Yeah, it is just (laughs) like that. And Pitt State is Texas and Missouri Southern is Texas Tech. It's not really a rivalry anymore, but the two teams are separated by about 30 miles. One's in Missouri, one's in Kansas. They do hate each other. It's a big MIAA Division II rivalry, and we're going to be out there from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Lot 18. So right behind the new video board, if you're familiar with Joplin or you're coming in town to the game, look for the video board. We will be tailgating right behind that. Our buddy Josh from Mid-America RV, you've seen the pictures. Uh, We're taking that uh, trailer to Columbus, Ohio. He's also going to be out there this weekend, so we're going to be tailgating with him. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I I haven't exactly counted all the beer, but I think there are 350. Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to do with that because we're definitely not giving it out. Not giving it out. You cannot have any of it. It's all for me and Mello, and, uh, but we're going to be having fun. We're going to have uh, – I made, I made cornhole boards. Uh, they're stick-to-football branded cornhole boards. For everybody who grew up around me, it's like, wait. You built them. I built them, and they look great, and I'm excited to break them in. It's just going to suck that you're going to get beat on your own boards. I'm not going to get beat on my own boards. If somebody beats me on my own board, I'll take a silver Sharpie, and they can sign that fucker. Well, Jared Brown and I will be (laughs) signing one each. Yeah, Uh, It is going to be fun. Come out. You don't have to stay for the whole thing. You don't even have to have a ticket to the game, but we will be out there from 11 to 2. If you want to drop by, we're going to be recording the podcast. You can send, you can stand there with us and record your questions that will be on the podcast Monday morning. So it is going to be so much fun. It will be. It will get rowdy. It's probably the best way to put it. Uh-huh. Uh, rowdy. Yep. Uh, not inappropriately rowdy. Just rowdy. No, not like other sports media outlets. Rowdy. No. But like, just step under that. Yeah, just fun. 
Yeah. Good old fashioned fun. All right. Into the news of the week. I think the biggest thing, and I'm skipping around the rundown because I'm crazy like that. Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book, not suspended for cheating on a test, but he's out with a rib injury and they play Florida State this week, which any other year you would be like, ah, shit, starting quarterbacks out when we play Florida State. Good news, Notre Dame. Florida State sucks. So you're okay. And I didn't put this game on our picks this week uh, because I didn't think it would be close. And then the news breaks that Ian Book is not going to play. Uh, I think it might be closer than what we thought before. They kind of struggled with Wimbush in there at quarterback. So we'll see what Notre Dame can do. Uh, Like you said, though, thankfully, Florida State sucks. I did radio in Chicago. I do radio in Chicago every Thursday, and they asked me about it today. And I was like, you know, I would just run the ball constantly. Yeah. With Wimbush and with the running backs that Notre Dame has, why wouldn't you just run the ball over and over and over again? Florida State can't stop you. Don't make Wimbush beat you with his arm. Right. Just get into third and manageable, third and short, and you're yeah. good to go. And you I, have a, a stable of running backs. You there would be do so it. much option. I would maybe run the triple option this week. Yeah. Just put it in. Just put in it in. Week. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I Veer mean, left. At Veer some right. points, you've ran that through your like, yeah. football career, right? Or is that just like an area thing? I've ran it. I mean, we oh, we ran it every year I played football. Yeah, like every high school in the area runs right. it here. I, so I like, never didn't run it. <laughs> so did you ever not run it? Uh, I've coached before where we didn't run okay. it. But that was the only time. Yeah. I mean, if you grew up in like the Midwest. Yeah, it was just what formation are you going to right. run Veer out of? We ran it out of the eye. I mean, five junior high and high school. We ran I formation yeah. here. That was it. Uh, yeah, we ran I until we finally got like a flex bone. Ooh. That I hate I hated it. Yeah. So bad. Especially since I couldn't fucking run anyway. Not a great and, scheme for you. Yeah, it was not good. Not good. Uh but I think that Notre Dame still wins. I know we're not picking that game, so I'll just go ahead and definitively say it. I think Notre Dame wins this game. And maybe this is the stick to football curse. I'm not gonna be upset if I'm wrong. I actually, I would love it if they lost. I don't think they will, and I don't think we'll reverse the curse, but I I think that Notre Dame will win. But if Florida State did, that would be amazing to have the number three team get upset, to have some shakeup in the playoff system would be wonderful. It really would be. I think at this point, we're just rooting for chaos. Like our team's out of it. So I just want chaos. And Alabama's not losing. So not yeah. worried about that. And I'm still not convinced that even Notre Dame belongs in there. Like uh, Their schedule hasn't been very tough. I know they beat Michigan, but I think that was yeah. a different Michigan team. I know they're undefeated, but I still just I don't know that they're one of the top four teams in college football. They are undefeated. Congratulations. But I just I don't think they're one of the top teams. I got asked this question today. And I'm, again, this is not on the rundown. I'm just throwing shit at you, Melo. Is this Alabama team the best you've ever seen? I think it is. So, and then I got, so I got asked that. And then the follow up was, is there any team that could beat them? Like just 93 or 94 Nebraska. I mean, if 97 they Michigan, like continue to do what they're doing, I'm going to say no. Like, I just, I don't think so. They're playing the number 16 team this weekend. And I do have this game in our pick, so I won't go into it. They're a 23 and a half point favorite on a top <laughs> 20 team. That's, ridiculous amount of points for a ranked opponent in the SEC. Like we're in November. This isn't the Citadel that they're going to be 50 point favorites by. I mean, this is a good football team in Mississippi state and they're a 23 and a half point favorite. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, One coach that could not beat Alabama, Les Miles, maybe 
maybe coming to Kansas. We talked about this a couple shows ago. We would love to see Kansas become like an option team. We talked to Jim Nagy about it. He agreed. Nope. Uh, not if they hire less miles. But uh, I think I saw you tweet this, and I completely agree. Less miles is too good for Kansas. This is like that really hot girl that like maybe she's in her late 20s and she's like, I'm never going to find love. And so she like marries the chubby guy who's like funny and has a decent job and she knows he'll be a good dad. But like she's batting under her average. I've read that story. They get divorced in five years. <laughs> <laughs> they have but two kids. I, I do think He's like a teacher. <laughs> I don't know what Les Miles is thinking because that's not an attractive job for him. What is he doing? You're not going to go revive your career at Kansas. You're no. not going to build a powerhouse. Now, he's 64 years old. It's not time to, to start over. All right, get a young coach in there. Get the guy from Navy, you know, who runs a good system. I don't, I wouldn't leave you Navy know, for Kansas. I wouldn't either, but, you know, get somebody that's – I just – I don't really think that Les Miles is a good hire for them. They need to hire Roderick from Webb City. <laughs> yeah, no I, shit. That's, like, the kind of hire that I think they could actually make. Like, you're not – Les Miles shouldn't be taking the Kansas job. I, I think Les Miles is a good coach who just couldn't beat Alabama. Right, like they did some very good things at LSU when he was there. And Oklahoma State before exactly. that. Exactly, like, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't... I'm with you. I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, maybe we are just biased because we do want to see like a triple option team go in there just because we've talked about it so much. But it would be very difficult, like Nagy said on the Wednesday show. Teams are not used to preparing for that. So if it did come to the Big 12, it might actually suck for us. But Les Miles, kind of the favorite there to get the job so far at least. On what we're hearing, um, another coaching vacancy or not vacancy, uh, Auburn comes out. Their AD says Malzahn is safe for at least next year. So <laughs> we I, talked about it just a week ago. Yeah, and this is another guy that everybody Twitter is calling for him. Local newspapers is calling for it. But this dude just signed an extension. He's won a national championship in the Nick Saban era. That is not easy to do. There are only, yeah. uh, we've done it before, what, four or five coaches that have won a national championship with this guy around. So I do think you give Malzahn another shot. If they struggle next year, fine. But you know what? They won't because they're Auburn and they're like the San Francisco Giants. Every other year, they're going to be fucking good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is it this year or next? It's next year. They're supposed to be good. I think a lot of it with him is that they had such high hopes for Jarrett Stidham and he really hasn't been what any of us expected. Yeah, and that offensive line is very bad. It they is. weren't able to get the running game going. Uh, and Stidham, I try to support him still, but he has been bad. He has not looked good this year, but a lot of that does fall back on the offensive line. I, I want to throw this name out there because it was bothering me when we were talking about the Kansas thing because I couldn't think of his last name. Uh, Satterfield at Appalachia, Appalachian State. I mean, they've like is that a better job than Kansas, though? But, like, they run the option. And, like, it's he's a guy who played quarterback, and he's like been a very good offensive coach. Would you leave App State for Kansas? The money's going to be better. I don't think I would because I think there's going to be another position that's better to go to. Yeah. Like I know that Kansas is it's almost like a stepping stool, you know, to get to another program, but I don't know that it's a good one. So if I were at App State, I would wait another year and get to somewhere, you know, a little bit better. If you were at App State, you should get endless apps. Like, if you go to a Chili's, like you're the head coach at oh, App yeah. State, like, uh, I want the uh, what, the Big Mouth Bites and the <laughs> Southwest Egg Rolls and some fried pickles. Yeah, some quesadillas. And it's just free because you're the head coach at App State. Yeah. It just convinced them it's a business. Right. It should be, like, like Chili's should be the official appetizer provider of App State. 
Like, why is someone not on this? I don't know. We should start our own marketing team. We really should. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Why? Who knows? Uh, that's, man, it's brilliant. I can't believe no one has ever trademark, <laughs> trademarked. You trademarked. can just say it. Just <laughs> yeah. declare it. I declare do. trademark. Yep, it is trademarked. Uh, the other news that affects us, college football and the NFL draft, NC State wide receiver Kelvin Harmon is going to walk with the seniors. He's a junior. And I actually tweeted, uh, I'd never seen someone do this and then go back to school. But people reminded me that Christian Wilkins actually did it last year at Clemson. But we all thought he was going to declare, and he just changed his mind. Like At the time that he walked, he was going to declare. It doesn't happen very often that a guy walks and then goes back to college. So we might want to just throw his name on our growing list of underclassmen to click. Yeah, I would say just go ahead and put his name on there. You could pencil it in or write it in pen. Um, I think that's just, it's a decision that you make with your coach beforehand and you know if you're leaving or not. So right right now he's saying, yeah, I'm out of here. And he does look like a pretty solid prospect. He's a guy that is coming up on the boards. And if you know he's going to declare, then people are going to start looking at him a little bit more seriously. And that's the thing for us. Like, it's time to look at him more seriously. He's 6'3", 215 pounds. His numbers are not going to blow you away, which is a little concerning because he's like his quarterback, Ryan Finley, is the guy that pros are looking at, Mm -hmm. guy we're looking at. I'm not very high on him. But I I think with Harmon, so far this year, he has 50 catches. 831 yards, five touchdowns in eight games. So he's got about, you know, not even a month left to get those numbers up. Last year he had 69 for just over 1,000 yards and only four touchdowns. So just looking at the numbers, if I were going to say I had a concern, it would be that you have a guy that's 6'3", 214, and he doesn't score very often. Right, he doesn't seem like he's a red zone threat. But that is something that we will have to look into. Um, His quarterback is not great, but he's good enough. But at least Harmon can use the... I guess, excuse. There's some pretty talented corners in the ACC that he has to face every week, so he's got that going for him. All right, welcome back. It is time to preview and pick the games, and I want to throw one on here that is not on our list, Mello. I want to throw on the Pitt State-Missouri Southern game because we're going to be there. Oh, it's that's an easy pick. I mean, it is the Gorillas because a gorilla beats a lion every time. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to say the score is 34-16. to 16. There's no way Missouri Southern scores 16 <laughs> points. I think it's going to be 42 to 9. That's pretty, that's a lot of points. Yeah, it, I know. I know. Uh, the coach is getting fired. I was in their offices today and they were like, not real optimistic. They're reading Don't Kill Myself books. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, it's like, hey, what's that box you have? Did you just get something? No, that's all my pens and post it notes yeah. and playbooks. Yeah. I'm just packing. No big deal. Just some spring cleaning. I'm going to be home for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. Uh, But they've been super accommodating to us, so I do appreciate that. The real games that matter this week, number 10, Ohio State at no. Oh, wait. Let me back up. I got ahead of myself, probably because I don't want to admit this. You stomped my ass last week. You went 5-0. and I went 3-2. and It was embarrassing. You are now at 34-16 and with a... This is like when you have a two game lead, like at the end of September in baseball, you yeah. know, and it's like eh, getting know. close. Things might start to pull away here. Right. We got to fix some shit. I'm at 32 and 18 and might need a miracle. Like I need my pitcher to, you know, just not have an inning count. Oddly, I think this is like the biggest lead either one of us has had. It's been very close. Neck and neck this whole time. Which we should have known because usually you and I are on the same side of like, what how good we think teams will be yeah the famous chiefs bet from last season it was me and you against uh, our buddy dan and mitch we won because we're always right 
So I need to make up some ground this week. You filled out the schedule, though. So might yeah. be making my life difficult. I don't know. I gave myself the Alabama game. No so. Washington State this week, which is nice for me. Number 10, Ohio State at number 18, Michigan. So you did me a huge favor there. I'm going to pick Ohio State. I think they have, even though they won last week, it was a rough game. I think they have a bounce back this week. I feel like Michigan State, with all the you know changing at quarterback and not really knowing who the guy is there, I think that it's a good team, obviously. They can run the ball very well, which concerns me because Ohio State could not stop the run to save their life. But I do think that uh, Urban Meyer gets his guys galvanized. They go on the road and get the win. And I like that pick for you, too. Uh, next one for me here. Mississippi State at Alabama. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Obviously, Alabama is going to win this football game if I'm picking it outright. But I am going to get crazy here, and I'm going to say they do not cover the spread. I think Mississippi State can play them close. I think that that defensive line is talented enough to get after Tua a little bit and keep some points off the board. So I would pick Alabama outright, but I am taking the Bulldogs against the spread. Against the spread. You're right. Mississippi State has Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat, two very good defenders. Montez Sweat, especially against Jonah Williams, is going to be a fun matchup for scouts. And if Tua's knees bothering him, that changes things a lot because he's not going to be able to pull away. In the secondary, McLaren, uh, Abrams, and Peters are three very good players for Mississippi State as well. So, And we're starting to see some things out of Nick Fitzgerald. Like He might actually be able to throw the yeah. football, and, and you, you know he can run it. You know I love Kylan Hill, their running back as well. So I'm, in, uh, I'm excited to see Jerry Judy against Jamal Peters. <sighs> if there's... Judy's good. Judy's good. I think it was Connor who even said on the midweek show, like he thinks he's the best receiver in the nation. Or did you did you hear the debate? Michigan, Alabama. You want to weigh in on it? Better receiving core, Michigan or Alabama? That's tough. If they're both healthy. If they're both healthy, I really have a bias towards Donovan Peoples Jones, but Jerry Judy's putting up so much production. I would probably have to say Alabama. Wrong. But I like. <laughs> Michigan's guys yeah. more. It's crazy. They're all sophomores, true sophomores. Those That's six sophomore receivers. Class. That sophomore class is going to make us money because everybody's going to watch them this year and then want to hear about them on the Stick to Football podcast next year. Yes. Next year is going to be so much fun with that draft class. Uh, up next for me, Wisconsin at number 20, Penn State. I'm down on Penn State. And I know that's no surprise to anyone who's followed me for a decent amount of time on Twitter. I just think they're overrated. I think Wisconsin goes in, those big boys up front, get it done. Jonathan Taylor, our dude that we blew all summer, like he's not going to win the Heisman, but guess what? He leads the nation in rushing. Yeah, he's still, he's still good. Doing everything he did last right. year. Really good. I think he puts up like 225 against Penn State. They get the win. That I Penn State's just not that good. No, I really don't think so, too. And I think... Teams have figured it out just like I did. Just stop Chase McSorley. Like that's all you have to do. Spy him, whatever it takes. I think they have the linebackers or put Dakota Dixon on him. You can take away Trace McSorley. You can take away the Penn State offense. Yeah, Miles Sanders is good. I do like him, but I don't like the Penn State defense at all. Yeah, I don't either. They have some pass rushers that are nice, but other than that, they probably not linebacker you anymore. (laughs) No. Next game, Oklahoma State at number six, Oklahoma. I gave this one to myself. Um, So Oklahoma State played very well against Texas, and then you see them lose to Baylor. I just don't think that you can do that coming into this game against Oklahoma. So I am going to not pick Oklahoma State to win this game. (laughs) I was waiting to see how you were going to word this. Uh, 
I hate both teams, and I'm hope like that scene in Batman where Bane blows the stadium up, and Heinz Ward's the only person that like makes it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying do it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not uh, trying to give you any pointers. But if you did it, 24 Auburn at five Georgia's up for me. Uh, man, I think Georgia's just too good, and Jake Fromm. I love so much how well he's rebounded from the haters. The people who were like, oh, he's not any good. And then he's been so good. His ball placement has been fantastic. They have a receiver of their own, uh, Ridley, who's very, very good. They've got a couple, too. Um, Mikel Hardman yes. is very good, very athletic. They're, just, they're so deep. Honestly, I might take their receiving core over Alabama or Michigan's. Really? Just because of the depth. There's so much that you can throw to there. Great tight end play as well. Very, very talented. And we didn't even mention Oklahoma's. I know we hate on yeah. them all the time, but they have two of the better receivers, and they are they're young too. Ceedee Lamb is a sophomore as well. That's true. Damn it, yeah, they're very good. But Georgia is as well. I think the stable running backs between Holyfield and Swift is just way too much. Auburn been pushed around a little bit. Jarrett Stidham has been very inconsistent. You mentioned how bad their offensive line is. Uh, Ledbetter from Georgia is going to eat in this one, I think. So I, the Bulldogs, especially being at home. And they yep. still have something to play for. Or they, no, they don't, because I mean, but they're in the SEC championship SEC. for sure. But they got to get ready. Yeah, they do, and they're gonna they're gonna refocus because they do. They're wanting to go into this game against Alabama, and they think they can beat them. So they're going to stay focused. And I agree. I think they roll over Auburn here. Number two, Clemson at number seventeen, Boston College. This was a game I remember highlighting over the summer as like one yeah. to watch um, because this Clemson team very talented. But BC has got a lot of guys on there, and they've got a great running game, too. And they're at home, but that's not enough to stop Clemson. <laughs> no. Clemson is very good, and if this were any normal year, we would be talking about how special this Clemson team is. Hey, Hunter Lawrence is really good. With their tr- he is becoming one of my favorite quarterbacks, yeah. which is a huge turnaround because I fucking hated <laughs> his hair and was like, no, start Kelly Bryant. I'm starting to flip the switch. This guy's very good. He's got a very strong arm. Yeah. And he's mobile. I think if he adds another 20 pounds, we're going to be talking about him as something very special as well. And he's got a Clemson team going. Their running back's very good, and you know what they have on defense, so I'm taking the Tigers. The D-line and O-line matchup here is great, uh, just to see what, because Boston College has one of the best offensive lines in the nation. And then uh, for Clemson's O-line, they're going to have to handle guys like Zach Allen, who's great. And uh, Boston College is loaded on defense. I can see this game being closer than... Like maybe a lot of people expect. This is probably the game I'm most excited to watch outside of Alabama and Mississippi State just to see if BC can slow them down. But I, I think you're smart for picking Clemson. Yeah, I'm not going to pick against them right now. No. 19 Texas at Texas Tech. I am just defeated as a Texas fan. I was just like, Phew. I mean, we've seen worse times. Yeah, but it, this is like, they just got my hopes up. You know, and now it's like, oh, well, just kick me in the nuts. That's great. <laughs> That's the running joke, That's though, man. Great. Like, is Texas back? We thought it. No. No. Like, I remember they almost beat USC like, last year. They're a loss away from being out of the top 25, and that's where I had them preseason. Yeah, yeah Notre Dame, they're too cocky ass. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to pick Texas. I just think Cliff Kingsbury's team is not very good this year. I know they've, they're have they able to score points. They're going to score points against Texas. Let me tell you, this game might be 60 to 50. But I do think Texas wins. Sam Ellinger, as long as he's healthy, man, that's the biggest concern right now is, is that shoulder okay? But I, I think the the power of those receivers between Johnson and Humphrey, and even we saw uh, DuVernay getting involved. Andrew Beckett tight end is very, very good. 
I think Texas has too much talent, but God damn it, wrap up and tackle. Yeah, and just stick with your man. Like, you have two senior corners. Hopefully they're both playing. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Caden Stearns. He has had a rough He's, he really has. That is a yeah. For as good as he was against Al, uh, against Oklahoma, he has really struggled. Like yeah, he I, don't, a wall. I don't know what happened the last two weeks, but he has really he hasn't struggled been tackling, to play. So he hasn't been covering right. So hopefully he can get things back on track for our Texas Longhorns. Northwestern at number twenty one Iowa. I really like this Northwestern team. They beat one of my favorite teams in the whole nation, Purdue, early in the season, week one. Iowa's the 11-point favorite, and I'm going to take Iowa, but I think this one is close. I I think Nate Stanley and the boys uh, can get things going. If not, I think Noah Fant might kill <laughs> right. Nate Stanley this weekend. <laughs> I love the Iowa tight end so much. I mean, uh, Fant and what, Hawkinston or Hawkinstonville. Uh, it's like Hackensack is what I always want to I say his like last name is. Hackenberg. I no. don't think it's a berg. That was the quarterback. Backer? Hacking Stammy Swami. I'm trying to pull up their depth is chart. Is the briefcase? Yeah, it is Hawkinson. It's so close. Way off. <laughs> so close. It's a good thing we don't do the this for a living. three people who have watched Dumb and Dumber get that whole exchange. Uh, I do love those Iowa tight ends. Number 11, Kentucky at Tennessee. I would go to this game just to drink all the bourbon. Yeah, all for of real. It. Like, that's what the rivalry is here. Like, are you drinking it from Kentucky or Tennessee? It should be like a Maker's Mark versus Jack Daniels thing. And, like, yeah, just the loser has to drink prestige it. Prestige worldwide. God <laughs> damn it, we're smart. <laughs> Screw the outdoor cocktail party or whatever. <laughs> no, like, like, it's fucking November. Just drink some moonshine or whatever it is. Bourbon, whiskey. Man. Yeah. Bourbon at a cold tailgate is underrated. Yeah, and you can find out this weekend <laughs> yeah. if you're in, in the Joplin, Joplin Missouri area. I will be the guy in a stocking cap and stick to football jacket drinking straight bourbon. I'll be the guy talking into the microphone. If it's plugged in or not, we don't know, <laughs> uh, but I'll bet I'll, I'll do it. Just talking into it. So I'm picking Kentucky. Josh Allen is one of the best defenders in the country, and I, they're so, so good this year. And Benny Snell is going to run all over Tennessee. It's crazy to me that the team with the ranking in this one is Kentucky. Like, how far have we come where Tennessee's, like, horrible? Yeah, I mean, even if you last year told me this was going to be an 11-ranked team against an unranked team, I don't think I would have picked Kentucky. I wouldn't have guessed them to be number 11 with some good quality wins, and I I do think they win as well. I'm just glad they beat Missouri. Often as I can. Sorry, Tucker Hagedorn. Next game. (laughs) You, You, I always mess that up. Scratch that. Yeah. USF, South Florida at Cincinnati. This is my game where we ran out of good games to put on the schedule. <laughs> so I am taking an underdog flyer. Cincinnati is the 14 point favorite. And I think the Bulls and Charlie Strong can go in there and come away with a win. So this is Ooh. my underdog lock of the week here. Take this one to the bank because the Bulls are winning. Mellow's dogs. We need like a dog barking sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a pit bull. Like, <laughs> there you go. Uh, lock of the week, huh? Underdog lock of the week. This is going to be the game that, watch, this week you're going to go 4-1. and one, I'm going to go 5-0, and oh, and I'll still be one game behind you, so it won't matter. <laughs> All right, the moment we've been waiting for. I haven't been this excited since my divorce papers came. It's the top five most hated players in football history. Speaking of most hated, you bring in the divorce on you. We still need to do top five ex-wives. I don't know if Jesse would allow it, but 
Top, yeah. Top five ways our exes ruined a football game. Oh, God. That's yeah, endless <laughs> supply of talking content right there. Uh, maybe it's a Instagram live thing. Uh, it'll be fun, though. We'll do it as a tailgate. Yeah, there you go. Come ask me. I'll rank, power rank them for you any day. So uh, this is a draft. We've Our top five has really gone to being a draft, which I like because then we don't double up. And there's a little bit of mystery because I don't know your right. board. You don't know mine. You get the raw reaction of, oh, son of a bitch. I was going to take that right. guy. But. Or I might throw something at you because you're wrong. So do or you want to flip the coin? This we way? might even go into like a Johnny Cash debate. I'm going to let you do it. Um, let's just stick with it. I get heads, you get tails. Yeah. No, I'm going to win. Uh, first do you see the thing where the Chiefs have not lost a coin flip all year? Yeah. Like, They're nine that should have been a prop bet. Like, will they lose the coin toss this week? I didn't talk to Pat about it. And it is tails this week, mm. so tails never fails half the time. It works all the time. Number one on my big board, and I know it's going to piss you off that I get to take this guy. Michael Crabtree ruined a solid decade of my life as a sports <laughs> fan. Not only did he make the catch at Texas Tech that gave our Texas Longhorns a loss, and it was like, I mean, it was a great catch. Let's just call it like I it mean, is. I honestly, I hate that play. It's probably my least favorite. Yeah football play of all time it really it pisses me off I know we've talked about it before it ruined a whole night for me I was supposed to go out for a Halloween party and it just it shut me down I got in a fight with my girlfriend because she's like I don't get it why you're so pissed off and I was like you don't get it why I'm so pissed off it's a whole ordeal yeah so not only does that fucker do that then he gets drafted by my favorite NFL team and he's not bad right he never played up to being the number 10 pick but it's okay so 2013 the Super Bowl they target him on the last three passes of the game. The first Super Bowl I'm ever at. <laughs> yeah, My that team's puts some playing, salt in it. <laughs> right? And they target this fucker on the last three plays, and he can't make a catch. Yeah. All you got to do is catch the ball. <laughs> we know you can do it. We've seen you do it before. So I have thoroughly enjoyed that he is not good. Like, he has not been good since he left San Francisco. I'm totally okay with this. I don't like him. I was thinking, I just don't like the way he looks. Yeah, like, he looks like an old man. I don't know. Yeah. He's Who's the corner that hates him? Tlaib? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Chain snatchers? Oh, he would love that. that dude in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. That's like the one Kansas. I like two Kansas players. Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're definitely both corners. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, I'm up here. Pick number two, but I still get the number one overall guy on my board. No surprise. It's Baker Mayfield. I, I didn't even put him on my list. Do not like this guy. Congratulations. You're the number one pick overall. You've been very good this year as a rookie even. Don't fucking like him. I don't like watching him play. I don't like watching him talk. I don't like watching him dance. <laughs> Anything that he does, I don't like. Like I want to root for the Browns, but I can't because he is there. I don't like him. Uh, what's weird is like I liked him. You know, before he got drafted, like at the senior bowl, like we were cool, and now he hates me because I'm a Texas fan. So it's whatever. I think he hates me because I'm taller than him. No, I just, I've always not liked him. Like I started to come around on him and be like, yeah, this guy is a when he was underdog. And yeah, like good for you. You went one overall. Like that's great. I didn't expect it. I wouldn't have done it, but cool. But it's just his whole persona and the way he carries himself. I don't like it. His Facebook uh, series, I guess you would call it, that he did. Really made me not like him. The bandana. I even I almost liked what he did against Kansas, but then now even looking back at it, I'm like, you're a jerk off. Just what are you doing? 
So there you go. Baker Mayfield will not be appearing on the Stick Football Podcast. Never. If he does, it will be <laughs> a, a heated debate. Not <laughs> even debate, because I would cut him off and be like, whiskey, cut out everything he said. Just let me fucking talk shit for an hour and a half, because that's how long that would go. All right. Got me get got me getting a drink. Number two for me, and I uh apparently have some deep-seated PTSD from that 2013 Super Bowl. Ray Lewis is number two on my list. I hated him as a player. I hate him as an analyst. I hate that he maybe murdered a guy. I know that no charges were filed. I mean, fuck this guy. Allegedly. 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 But I hate Ray Lewis. I hate the dance in the fireworks. I also hate that the NFL celebrated a guy who maybe allegedly killed someone. And yeah, they made him the face of the fucking league. And he's this so corny. Like, if I wanted to listen to a preacher, I'd go to church, dude. He comes off as fake. I've met him. And yeah, incredibly fake. It's like so like deep and like personal. Yeah. And it's like none of what you're saying connects, though, dude. Yeah, like, half of it doesn't make sense. You just keep saying all praise to God. I'm like, congratulations. Yeah. You're maybe religious. I've told you before, the only time in my adult life I've been actually afraid was being in a stadium where the lights went out and Ray Lewis was in there. <laughs> like, that's the, as a grown man, only time I've been afraid. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so I hate Ray Lewis. Um, I, I don't hate him. He didn't make my list, but I can definitely see your argument there why he did. He was so bad on TV, too. He was, but he didn't last long. And his hair is bad, too. Like, you didn't mention that, but yeah. It's not good There's up top. Another guy on my list. Coming from some guys that aren't good up top. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's on there. All right. Another one for me. Uh, I'm going to store my number two guy for later. And I'm going with the ultimate douchebag, Greg Hardy. Oh, yeah. Fuck this guy. Leave out, allegedly. <laughs> Just fuck this guy. I hope bad things happen to him. I have nothing good to say about him. He would never be on the show because I don't want to give him the airtime. He is a piece of shit, and I hope he is never successful in what he does. Other than that, how was the play? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a good human being. No, he's a terrible human being. I hope he gets his ass kicked in UFC. Is he doing that still? I don't know. I yeah. hope he does one more fight and gets his jaw broke. Uh, so number three on my list, you're going like, you've gone the criminal route here, so this is interesting. <laughs> number three on my list, you want to talk about people who have bad hair. Deion Sanders, <laughs> stop. The hair plugs don't look good, nor does the Botox. And he's been on this podcast, so I'm just going right. to say it. I think he is the most overrated player in NFL history. Yes, he was good. Not saying he was bad. You can be good and be overrated. And he was. He became popular because he... It came around in an era where Sports Center was taking off and everybody watched highlights. And Dion was a highlight player. He would return punts. He was, he a was personality. flashy in an era where that wasn't normal. So, yes, he was a personality, but he was more of a personality than he was a football player. I would take Champ Bailey and Charles Woodson over him any day of the week. I disagree with that, but I can see where you're coming from, and I know that you're— and. I hate him on TV. <laughs> like, if he had just retired and, like, gone and, like, run his fake high school that where he was just handing kids diploma to play football, whatever, dude. Do what you got to do to pay the bills because you got a lot of kids. I get it. But he's so bad on TV. I tried watching NFL Network a while back because I just wanted to watch, like, a, a highlight recap show because I've been on the road and wanted to watch. 
him and Michael Irvin are on the same show yelling at me with poor LaDainian Tomlinson, who's gotten a little chubby, just sitting between them looking like a lost puppy, and those fuckers are yelling at me. And he's already like a quiet guy anyway, and then you get those yeah. two loud mouths. Michael Irvin's on my big board. I don't think he's a guy he's that we'll get too. to, but he is a guy that I just I don't like, especially now that he's almost getting famous again. Probably yelling and sweating, but whatever. If yelling and sweating makes you famous, baby, let me tell you. <laughs> if yelling and sweating is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> yeah. I got you, a guy. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'm at number three here, and I've got to hit our over-under on Oklahoma guys, so I'll do it again. No shame here. I'm going with Sam Bradford. Hated him in college. Hated him in the pros. I don't see how this guy keeps getting contracts. He has probably missed more games than he's played. What the fuck are we doing in the NFL still giving this guy a shot? I don't even think he's done playing is the thing. I think another team is going to give him at least a one-year deal, yeah. and he's going to catch on. And guess what? He's going to play three games and get hurt because he's a douchebag and he's fragile. You know, he's made $129 million in his career, and that was before this season, I think. So... Uh, and he has played in 83 games. He has made more than $1 million a game. Jeez. That's that's a Who nice Who has a better payday. agent, him or Darrell Rivas? Because remember, Rivas would like just mercenary. It's like, oh, I'm just going to sign for $14 million a year. I don't really care where. I'll go to Tampa, play for the Jets. Yeah, I, just the fact that Bradford has been able to prolong this career. I mean, this guy got traded for first-round draft picks. <sighs> when he wasn't stupid. any good. And they still just were like, oh, yeah, you got drafted high, so we'll keep kicking you around to different teams, even though you suck. Number four, Kellen Moore, the only NFL quarterback who is no longer a quarterback that I'm confident I have a stronger arm than. <laughs> and I've been saying this as long as I've had a podcast. I would challenge him to get on the radar gun. I would beat him. And I don't have a strong arm. I would beat him. <laughs> this is the only guy who I've told this story before my first year uh, at the senior bowl for bleacher report. We, we went down, we were going to do video and we were all like very green and very nervous. And our producer was uh, this great girl that we had hired, but she had no sports experience, like a lot of video production, but no sports. So she didn't know about the senior bowl or anything that was going on. And so me and, and Amy and our camera guy walk out on the field and she's like, Oh, well, you know, let's talk to this guy. He's just standing here by himself, and I wasn't really paying attention. It's like, okay, cool. So she walks over. is like, hey, I'm a Bleacher Report. We'd love to just interview you, you know, for our uh, series that we're doing. And he looks at her, and she's like this, you know, blonde New York girl. And he's like, cool. And then he looks at me, and he's like, no, I'm not doing an interview with him, and walks away. He wouldn't talk to me because of, the like, the things I'd said about him on Twitter. He's like a bad Baker Mayfield. Right. And I I had definitely said that I thought my daughter would have a stronger arm. <laughs> I mean, I'm still not sure she does. I don't know. So, Kellen Moore, if somehow you hear this. I will challenge you to a radar gun. If you beat me, I'll donate to the charity of your choice. I, let's set that up. Let's do it at like a tailgate. Get like just a I'll carnival. Donate, if he could beat me, I'll donate $1,000 to the charity of his choice. How a thousand? One thousand dollars. But yeah, if I it. beat him, he has to donate a thousand to mine. Yeah, I mean, win-win for me because I think I can beat both of you. Well, I know you can beat me, <laughs> but I do hate him. And it's funny because I, I was—he was probably the first player I was really down on uh, vocally, you know, on, on Twitter and stuff. And so anytime he would, you know, he, he stuck around in the league for a long time, and people would be like, "Oh, he's still in the NFL." Like that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, the he's same co- way that coach. Jason Garrett was still in the NFL. Like, he's just, he's a backup quarterback. He didn't do anything. Uh, next guy. Chase Daniel's still in the NFL. I like Chase Daniel, though. 
Yeah, okay. he's, he's a royal supporter. He was a good guy. I'll yeah. say that. Next guy for me is a star. One of the best prospects you've probably ever seen. But I've always heard that he was a douchebag. Very arrogant guy. Hard to work with. Hard to handle. And not doing his job well right now is John Elway. I do not like him. I've never thought that he was like this amazingly great quarterback. It took Terrell Davis coming around for him to win Super Bowls. He was good, but he couldn't get the job done without TD in the backfield. And I just, I don't like him. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't have like any issues with him as like a human being or anything. I've never interacted with him outside of press conferences, but I have a problem with you're a Hall of Fame quarterback and you can't scout quarterbacks. Right. You can't like, get one in your building. Like, is what's that going possible? on? That you're John Elway. I loved him as a player. I really did. Like I liked how he played. You know that like agile, athletic runner, strong armed. Like loved that about him. But yeah, he's not a very good general manager. Uh, number five on my list, and the last player I'm going to pick, Jameis Winston. Eat this oh, L, buddy. That's a good one. I hate Jameis Winston, and it's like it's hard for me because I'm always a big fan of like what is the word I'm looking for? Innocent until proven guilty. That's what it was. Yeah. Due process. Right. But where there's enough smoke, there's fire. I mean, yeah, after a while. Like, when, like, you get in some trouble at Florida State, and you don't go to jail, everything gets, you know, settled, and, okay, cool, you're the number one pick in the draft, and you're this over-the-top leader, you're this exciting guy, I think you're fake as hell, and you're also not accurate, and you throw way too many interceptions, which you also did at Florida State, and then you get in trouble again for the same stuff you got in trouble for at Florida State, I just think there's there are too many dots to connect, and I'm not trying tr- trying to play judge and jury, but he's number one, not good on the field. He's corny as hell, and then like there are too many off field problems for me, and there are off field problems that like I, that's like a, a no tolerance zone for me. So, James Winston, sorry, you're number five, my most hated players. I really like that pick. I wish I would have drafted him. Earlier for me, I'm going to read at the end of this all the players that we didn't draft off my list, by the way, because yeah, I, I really I don't like him either. He's just he causes too many problems for what he's worth. And I think you talk about coaches sometimes and how they've lost the locker room. I think that is going on in Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston. Guys aren't buying into what he's saying anymore. Like yep. the first couple of years, you get some rookies in there with him. They might be like, all right, we're listening not anymore. Like they would rather hear from Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he has to say before a game than Jameis Winston. So I'm with you on that one. That's a great pick. That's probably my favorite pick of yours. Last guy for me. I'm running thin on my board here. Um, I've got another Oklahoma quarterback, but I don't want to take him. Uh, so I'm going to go with another guy who I just I think he's very fake. I'm going to go with JJ Watt. Actually, what uh, I liked him. You know, I'm kind of a Wisconsin supporter. Uh, but just watching him on hard knocks and then him not being able to stay healthy and still being in the news, like I think he's more of a model than he is an NFL player. I, I know he's doing very well this year. Like He might win comeback player of the year. But just the last couple of years of watching him still doing all these advertisements and everything, it's like, what are, what are you really doing? Like, good for you going out, you're getting your paycheck. But you can't stay healthy on the field. You come across as very fake, so... Number five for me, I'm going J.J. Watt. I, we normally don't ever disagree with these segments. This dude raised $41.5 million after the hurricane hit. Yeah, but what did he really do? He tweeted it out. Exactly. Like, okay, you have a lot of followers. You post Instagram pictures. Great. 
Like, that's awesome that he raised so much money, but <laughs> it's not like he's out there building the house for people. Like, Warwick Dunn does more than he does. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I know I picked, like, the most charitable guy ever. <laughs> you did. But, like, <laughs> it's okay. you, you tweeted it. You raised some money. Like, good for you. You used your platform. You didn't really do much. As a guy who uses this platform to raise money to buy coats for kids, I feel great about myself right now. So Throw thank out that you. Venmo one more thank time. Thank you for that. It's NFL Draft Scout. So the guys who were on my list but didn't make our list, Robert Griffin III, hate him. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He was on my list. Too. Michael Irvin, we talked about. Adrian Peterson. Not only did you go to Oklahoma, you allegedly, or did he admit to this, beat your son's genitals with a switch to the point that he was bruised. Allegedly, I think... I don't know if it's allegedly. I think it's. I think he said more of like a question of like where you fall on the child abuse line. Like that's how he was raised. Bruising like, is child abuse. So yeah. I'm going to fall on that line. Number nine, Terrell Owens. And yep. I, again, I say this is a 49ers fan. Hate him. Number ten, Tim Tebow. I like him. I like him now. I hated him as a player. And number. Okay, okay go wait. Let's go back to that. Yeah. I hate him now. Liked him as a player. Oh, like I actually thought he was a good leader and he had all those, you know, what it's a word for it that they said intangibles, intangibles. He had all the intangibles that you wanted. And I do think he had that. But now I just think he needs to like keep his mouth shut and like go play baseball or or be a college analyst. Just pick. <laughs> I just I don't like what he's doing now. OK. And then number 11, I told you I had a guy I played against in high school. I don't know his name, but he played running back for Archie, my sophomore year of high school. And this guy uh, was the first person that ever embarrassed me on a football field. Not the last, but the first. And I still hate him. Gosh, there's still a kid that I played against in high school. And I don't remember his name either. But I remember going over the film and watching him play. He was a freshman All-State. So he came in his sophomore year and we knew like, you have to shut down their right end. We've got to get two guys on him. So I come up to the line, go to get the lineman set, and I'm like, hey, 95 right there. Use my left hand. I point. I got my left tackle's attention, pointed at 95. I got the fullback's attention. It was like <laughs> 95. Both those motherfuckers missed, and they were two of my close friends. He destroyed me, like right in the rib cage. Couldn't breathe. Just absolutely destroyed me. If I knew his name, I'd was put it him a kid on the from list. Miller, Osceola. Oh, yeah, just Miller had a fullback that I guess he was a sophomore. He would have been freshman year, senior year because I coached the next year, and he was like six three, two twenty five, and it was like we don't have an answer for this kid. Fullback and middle linebacker. Yeah, you get those. No, one A football in Missouri, and that's why you got to run that flex bone at Kansas. All right, we're back, and it's draft on draft time. Nope. And we actually have beers this time. No energy drinks. Oh, sounds good. Get a good crisp pop out of that. Yeah. I'm just going to start drinking now and stop when Jared goes home. Sunday night, Monday night? Sunday night, Monday morning-ish. TBD. Ish. Lot of draft on draft questions. I already had a full beer when I opened that one. I hate when I do that. Hate it. Just uh, chug one of them. Yeah. I also, I told you about this. I, Wednesday night, skipped dinner because my son wanted Brahms and I didn't want it, which I know, whole another problem. So I just didn't eat. It was like, I'll get something at home. And then I drank like four like heavy beers. And I was a little buzzed. I mean, if you drink the right beer and you haven't eaten in a while. Yeah. I mean, that would be like drinking 12 Natty Light. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, these were like tank sevens. So. Yeah. And I was tanked, not by seven, but uh, I was a little bit. All right, a lot of draft on draft questions. Let's get into it. Ryko58, love this dude. Uh, like we said, send enough questions, you're going to become our friend. 
predictions for the top three head coach openings, and who do you think fills those positions in college football? Okay, so I have three that I think will come open in a job that everybody is talking about is Oklahoma. I do think that this job does come open. Maybe not this year, but next year. I just I don't think Lincoln Riley can put off the NFL yeah. for that much longer. So I think Oklahoma, that job is going to come open. Second job that I think will come open is Kansas State. I think that finally, I there's some pressure from the state and within to get the old man to retire. He's like, I wanted to say seventy something. He's we looked it up old before. as shit. It's how old he is, and I think there may be some good coaches out there that might be interested in that job. And the last one is going to be Louisville. Uh, I just I don't think that they're going to give old Bobby much of a leash. He's very he's yeah. failing this year. And I think there's a great candidate out there with Louisville ties. If you can get Jeff Brom to come from oh. Purdue back to Louisville, where he was a player, where his brother was a player, he's doing great things with Purdue. He might get an NFL call. They're a very good team. So if you could get him to come back to Louisville, get the fuck out of here with this other guy. Uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma. There's a top defensive coordinator in college football right now. The only other two positions he's ever had. It's at Oklahoma and Kansas State. That's Brent Venables. Oh, yeah. Clemson defensive coordinator. Yeah. The highest paid coordinator in college football has coached at Oklahoma under Bob Stoops, was a Kansas State guy before that. If they could get him, I think that that would be a very enticing position for him. Uh, and if not, I really think that Bob Stoops would take uh, that job right back at Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, so I will go uh, with some that you didn't mention. I think that the Ohio State job, there's a very good chance it comes open, and Matty Campbell at Iowa State is going to get a lot of calls. He's from Massillon, Ohio. He's about two hours from Columbus, so he's definitely going to get a lot of attention if that were to happen. I think you know we've said before there's the Bob Stoops possibilities, but as a lot of people have pointed out, he's roughly the same age his dad was when his dad died of a heart attack, and his dad was a coach, so I think there's maybe some a little bit of fear there. Uh, a couple of names that I'll throw out there. I mentioned Scott Satterfield earlier. Um, Lane Kiffin. Like, Lane Kiffin's going to get calls. Yeah, and I thought I even saw something tied to him about Kansas. But Fuck. I don't know that I wouldn't leave no. Florida Atlantic for Kansas, that's for sure. You know who else is going to get top college calls? Steve Sarkeesian. Like, I Probably. motherfucked this dude, and I'm sorry that Dan's dead and I can't say this to his face. I was wrong about Steve Sarkeesian. That Atlanta offense has been very, very good lately. It's just taking some time to get things going, but yeah, yeah you're right. So I think he'll get calls. Mike Norville at Memphis will get calls. Um, you mentioned uh, Venables. Venables, name just went blank. Greg Schiano is the other defensive coordinator that I would think, and he's at Ohio, Ohio State, State right now. Mm -hmm. Ryan Day, their offensive coordinator, is going to be a dude. Neil Brown at Troy is going to get calls. Yeah, um, I'll give you one more. Uh, Mel Tucker, the Georgia defensive yes. coordinator. He's been around. Yeah, he's coached a lot in the NFL, too. He was with the Browns for a while. He was even the interim head coach for the Jaguars for a minute. Yep. So he has got some experience. He's another guy who's actually from Cleveland, Ohio. So maybe he has some ties. If you're from Ohio. To Ohio State. Like he, and he coached there before as well. He was D-back coach and then co-defensive coordinator before he went if to Ohio the NFL. If Ohio State opens, though, that's a job. Like You can't oh, get out no. to Mel Tucker. If it's not Matt Campbell or Bob Stoops... I mean, we've seen other big schools kind of go that route. Maybe look at Georgia. They give that job to Kirby Smart. Yeah. He works. wasn't a head coach anywhere. I, I agree with you. I would rather get a guy who's built up a program yeah. and knows how to be a head coach than 
a guy that hasn't done that you know before. Would be awesome. So fucking awesome. I just thought of this. If the Ravens fire John Harbaugh, if he takes the Ohio State job. So <laughs> that you would be. The brothers having a fucking rivalry? God. I mean, I would do that to you. Oh, I totally would. If you were coaching at Michigan, I would definitely take the Ohio State job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The recruiting battle would be insane. Yeah. That, I, I need that in my life. Yeah, let's make that happen. Prestige worldwide. All right. The Dr. Defense on Instagram. He sent seven questions on Instagram. And I one of them we did already answer. So I'm going to skip that. Uh, so first question, and I, I'm going to read these to you. You're going to rapid fire. All right, let's do it. Some of these I'm going to have to answer. Never mind. I just read them. Okay. Do NFL teams have psychiatrists or any kind of mental health providers employed like they do team sports doctors? So yes, usually you'll even have like a dentist. You'll have a barber. Like you have the services that you provide to the, usually it's contracted. It's not like your full time. I mean, like the Bengals might need one, but most teams <laughs> perfect needs his right. own. But yeah, teams definitely have a psychi- psychiatrist. That, I mean, they do. They have, you know, ear, nose, and throat guys. They have dentists. They have dermatologists. Like you have, you're the provider for that team. I've said before, I used to go to the chief's dentist. Yeah. I went to a guy who was the chief's knee surgeon there for a minute. Yeah. I don't know what he did to them, but he screwed me up. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, if you were John Elway, how would you fix the Broncos this offseason? Uh, maybe try to get a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't even know if you can do that because really you just paid some money to a quarterback and that's still the position you need. I liked his draft last year, but you still, you got to have a quarterback in this league to win. I would fire Vance Joseph and I would give Gary Kubiak complete control of the scouting department and just let him do a shit. And I don't know who you would hire as head coach, but Kubiak's like very good. They they should let yeah. him do a lot more than, than he does. So uh, or I would fire myself over John Elway and want to see the Broncos be good again. He's maybe like, just put the jersey back on. Yeah, maybe. You know, because what happens. Maybe it's not good for each other. Like, you can love the Broncos and not be good for the Broncos. Yeah. You know? It's like, it'd be like if Jordan went back to the Bulls. Like, I just. There's a reason he didn't. Whew. Tell you that. Yeah. There's a reason Peyton Manning isn't the owner of the Colts. Yeah. There's Derek Jeter's in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, over New York, I would be too. Next uh, one scone, donut, or muffin? Scones are great. I don't like scones. They're too hard. Really? I think you're going to the wrong scone place. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, you need um, a new scone but guy. But if I'm around here, though, in like Joplin, yeah, it's donut. donuts. Yeah. Because we have a great donuts shop on we like have a every good donut corner. scene. Yeah, there's a couple. I was in uh, Lamar where my son goes to school and they had donuts with dad's days. And I was like, where'd y'all get these donuts? They're like, Walmart. And I was like, what? You went to, you're in Lamar and you got donuts at Walmart? There's a little, if you're ever in Lamar, Missouri, there's a little spot called Daylight Donuts. Yeah. Go. It's I think it's knees. Heavenly. They're called Heavenly Donuts. Is, and that's the one I go to here in Java. They are so damn good. So, and here's a fun fact about Daylight Donuts. Our mom used to work there when I was four years old. Going to like daycare, uh, she used to sneak me donuts. So one day I asked her if I could have a donut before I got on the bus, and she said no because her boss was there. And she said, No, I don't have the money to pay for it. And I says, Well, you never paid for them before. <laughs> Mom lost her job, but she <laughs> she rebounded. <laughs> Things worked out well. She's on city council now. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably should have asked permission before but, I told that fact. story. Ask her about it on Saturday. She'll be at the tailgate. When she has to run like a Hillary campaign next year of, I did not take campaign contributions. <laughs> She's coming out to fight song. <laughs> uh, all right. One more, uh, three more, Jesus. 
ever tried the orange flavored Monster Zero? It's great for tailgating or any of the Monster Rehabs. So I am a monster drinker and I have not. And I don't do energy drinks. I know we've been talking a lot about Bang recently. That's the only energy drink I have ever liked. I don't drink Red Bull. I don't drink Monster or any of those other kinds. I only have ever liked one. The one trick pony. So segueing his next question, did you notice that Bang Energy is made by a pharmaceutical company? It says so in the small print on the can. I don't know if that makes it better for you or worse. Yeah, like... <laughs> like Big Pharma, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Not that. real credible there. Like they're probably just giving me cancer so they can, they can not cure it. Cure it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Last question. Did you know that people from Indiana that like any other school hate Notre Dame and its fans? So if you're in Indiana and you're a Hoosiers fan, you hate Notre Dame. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's like Kansas, Kansas State. Right. I mean, theirs is a little different. You like one for basketball, one for football, but I get that. So that's it. Those are the questions. You did a great job. JP wants to know the best player you ever scouted that lived up to the hype. So for me, I haven't been doing this as long as you, um, obviously. But the one player that I'm like proud of to say that I, I kind of discovered and like I think I even put him on your radar was Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. I loved watching him play at the FCS level. And watched some games, honestly, because I wanted to see their field. And then watched a, just a white receiver and was like, this guy's pretty damn good. He's their number one target. Then he came out in the draft. Some other people started talking about him. I'm like, this is my guy. And he's doing pretty well for the Rams so far in his career. Yeah. So the the one that has the highest grade ever for me is Andrew Luck and Von Miller. And I would say Von Miller is the guy that I can remember he decided to come back for his senior year. And I put him in my top ten. And this was early. I mean, it was 2011, very early in the Twitter days. And a lot of people were like, how do you have Von Miller in your top 10? He's, he's not any good. Like, what is he even? I thought he was a pass rusher. Right. And then he ran a 4'4 four, four at 246 pounds. And people were yeah. like, oh, fuck. He's really good. So I had him number one overall in that class ahead of Patrick Peterson, ahead of A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Cam Newton. And I, I think that's one that like, I'm very proud of. And he is the best player that I've had that high grade on. I, I, Andrew Luck's a good player. I think Von Miller's better. Yeah, I agree with you, too. And next, I was on a different tab. My bad. From Reddit, BullBittler9, what team in the NFL has the best foundation of young core players? Gosh, so we talked about them a little bit earlier. The Browns have a very good core of young players. I think Miles Garrett is is pretty special. And then you look at Denzel Ward. I really like him and what he can do. Baker Mayfield, obviously, I hate him, but he's playing well this year. They've got a very good young nucleus. They do. I think the Rams do because of Gurley yeah. and Goff. Now, their offensive line, Whitworth is a huge part of the leadership there, and he's a little bit older. And then, you know, on defense, I mean, Sue's not that young anymore, but Aaron Donald's very young. Uh, Dante Fowler's young. Michael Brockers is probably at the midpoint of his career, maybe. So I think they're a very young team that's pretty promising. And on, I mean, shit, they're the best team in the league. Yeah, they're kind of on that next tier of like guys that are getting ready to come up for contracts. But yeah, definitely you can't argue against the Saint, or, ooh, Saints, L.A. Rams. Ooh. I about said St. Louis I Rams. Saints. It was like they pretty old. That actually, would have been embarrassing. Yeah, I, I was doing Kansas City radio, and I was like, I just miss the Rams being in Missouri. Like, I wish we could claim them right now. Yeah, but at the same time, like they wanted us to pay for their stadium. Yeah, like, I've never been to a Rams game. I don't give a shit what your that stadium is the looks worst like. Stadium. Get out of here. 
Yeah, horrible stadium. And the alignment's just better. They should be, they're in the in West. In the West. Go yeah. to the West. But they were in St. Louis, which is the gateway to the West. I know, but it's not far enough. You got to be on the other side you of the You know how I like, am such a history nerd and I like really get into eras? No way. I'm so into like 1850 to 1900 right now. Like Why? a lot. I don't know. Just am. Like Abe Lincoln, the Civil War. It's because we went to Philadelphia, isn't it? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe because we went to Arizona. Like uh, Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday. Like maybe it's Red Dead okay. Redemption too. So you said 1850 to 1900. My brain went 1750 <laughs> to 1800. Nope. Okay, I'm with actual, you now. The actual years. Do you get the Philadelphia I do now. now. I thought okay. you were trying to be stupid funny. No, I was just being stupid. Like, I don't know what was happening in Philly in 1850. Uh, Gettysburg is uh, about all I got. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, D.C. almost got invaded. Uh, so, uh, Alex Trimlin 97 got a couple of questions in here. If you could only have the meat of one animal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think this was this actually is, easy. It's a cow. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't go wrong with a good. And so we might be weird. I completely think this is possible because, like, I know, like, my daughter doesn't eat a lot of beef, almost none. My girlfriend prefers chicken, and I know other people who like would prefer pork. But like our dad and you and I, I could eat cow-based protein only. Like if I never had a piece of chicken again for the rest of my life, I would be okay. Yeah, and I like pork products, too. Like, I like a good slice of ham every once in a while. Nope. Uh, but I could honestly live off beef. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I don't need nope. anything else nope. in my life. I could eat beef Seafood? every day. Seafood? No, I could do a little. We live in Missouri. Yeah, it's and maybe it's a Midwest thing. Yeah, it it's might like, be. It's like, there are cows everywhere I here. live in town and have cows across the street from my house. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. There's yeah. a cow. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. It's that easy. Especially if I end up doing target practice out there. His second question, would you rather your team win the Super Bowl than never make the playoffs for 25 years or your team makes the playoffs every year for 25 years and no Super Bowl? So it says Super Bowl, but I'm going to take this one and spin it as a World Series. I was going to say. Because when the Royals won the World Series, it was like no other victory. Like even watching Texas win a national championship when I was in high school, Watching the Royals win a World Series for the first time in 30 years got a whole area, not even just Missouri, a whole area involved in baseball. It went to Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, brought everyone into baseball again. So it really I did. I liked the fact, and I know that we're going to go through another slump, and it's going to take a while. But I liked having that one year to say, okay, this is it, and it was special. It's a 30-year slump. <laughs> yeah. Because they were two— I was two years old when they won the World Series. 86. And then my son was two when they won the World Series. It was 30 years, uh, yeah. a gap in there. So yes, it 85 was to 2015. Yeah. And uh, you're right, though. I, I, that's what I was going to relate it back to. And I've seen my teams win other things. I've seen the 49ers win a Super Bowl, and it was awesome. And I've seen Texas win a national championship, and it was a great moment. The Royals winning the World Series is one of the greatest nights of my life. Like, I cried standing alone in my office drinking Boulevard wheat, T- group texting you and our other brother Marcus, like crying as a grown man and like happy crying. Yeah, I mean, it must be miserable for like Patriots fans to be in it every year because you don't get that heartbreak and then that right. comeback. Like, I, yeah, God, horrible. that's what sports Imagine is about. being an Alabama fan, you know? It would be, but I think for bragging rights, you would want the second. You would want your team to be like winning 10, 11, 12 games every year and be like, oh, we just can't. It's like being a Bills fan in the early 90s. Like, I bet that was still pretty great. 
I mean, I was a Niners fan then, and we yeah. we won it, you know, five, so it was okay. But yeah, to like be in it every year and have a competitive team would be nice. Like, would you rather be uh, a Packers fan or a Browns fan? Well, Packers fan because of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, but like they get close every year. Yeah, and they, and they never have that win. tradition. So I think that's how you got to look at that one. Uh, all right, forty-four Brooks. How are running backs from option offenses graded as opposed to running backs with more modern systems? Seems like running backs from the triple option I never talked about pre-draft. So the triple option, which I love that it is like hot in the streets right now. <laughs> there you go. But it is also, it's a different kind of running back. It's almost like a scat back. Those are quick yep. guys. They are handing the ball off to a fullback who is a probably 240-pound back. That's their bell cow. He's the guy who's going to get the ball for him. The other guys are coming in motion a lot, so you want... Usually it's an undersized guy who's fast. They don't get the attention because they only weigh 180 pounds. Me in high school. Yeah, so it's it's a different kind <laughs> right. of running back. I'll guarantee you if Georgia Tech lines out a guy who's 210 and can run like crazy, for one, they're not going to put him out flex. They're going to put him at fullback and say, hey, gain 20 pounds. Like That's just where the carries go. So it's not really a traditional running back. We saw a guy... Uh, what was his name? Jonathan Dwyer. Yeah. When Georgia Tech first started running this offense, they moved him into fullback. They gave him a lot of carries, but he's still, you know, if there were a guy there, he would get the attention. It's just hard to find a good bell cow type running back that wants to go play in that system. Right. And for your true running back in that offense, you need a guy who can make someone miss because a lot of times you're getting that pitch and you're getting it because the defensive end has crashed on the quarterback, but then you have to worry about the outside backer the corner, the safety. So your job is basically to catch that pitch and make somebody miss a lot of the time. And so you do need more of a smaller, agile, fast guy. So I think that's a big part of the reason. From a true like triple option, now teams that are running like a speed option, I do think there's still some concern in the NFL that you have a guy whose his first step is not forward as a running back because even with pistol and shotgun offenses, a lot of times the running back, your first step is still toward the line of scrimmage. In a lot of these option offenses, it's very lateral. You're running you know, parallel to the offensive line and looking for a crease and then trying to turn the corner upfield. So that's why you're going to get more love for like guys at Georgia, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State that are a little more conventional. Uh, All right, Dam Supa. Dam Supa. Okay. How does David Edwards playing right tackle for a lefty affect his draft stock? Doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't affect it at all. And that's something that we've kind of talked about before. Like, you can still scout the straights. I don't care where they put him. Like, we evaluate some guys who play tackle, and we look on them as a guard. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I remember watching Cody Whitehair. Be like, he's a center. People are like, what? No, he's a center. Like, and I, I like David Edwards. I hope he comes back because I love college football. And I just want to see a loaded 2020 mm-hmm. class with just all kinds of talent. And he would be a very good tackle prospect. I had him in my first round of my 2019 mock draft. So. Yeah, I saw that when I read it. He reads. He just not good. Read no. How many of my articles have you ever read? Oh, probably less than 10. Really? In eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, big reader over I here. I support you in other ways. Other ways. <laughs> Financially. Uh, T.S. Browning, 22. Form a team out of any college players to beat Alabama. Now, does he mean all-time or current? I took it as current. Okay. I'm and uh, the old legal pad. Yeah, because it's 2002 over there. <laughs> yeah. So teams to beat Alabama, you can't draft any Alabama guys. So for me, at quarterback... And I talked about this guy earlier. 
I would actually take Trevor Lawrence. Same. I said Hunter Lawrence earlier, and I'm going to do that all the time. Well, it's because they had another right. quarterback, Hunter Johnson. I know, and I mix them up. Right. So I, I really like Trevor Lawrence so far this year. And I could have taken Jake Fromm, uh, but I wanted somebody mobile. And I think Trevor Lawrence can still provide that. Well, so I think mobile quarterbacks have been the recipe against Nick Saban's team. So you do need somebody that can move a little bit. So yeah, And that's why I'm taking Mississippi State with the points this weekend, too. Like a mobile quarterback is going to hurt them or at least gives you the option to so do that. At running back, you're taking Jonathan Taylor. Yep. At wide receiver, you can't have your boy Judy. You want no. Donovan Peoples-Jones? I'm going Nikhil Harry. Okay. I love well, I'm putting Nikhil three Harry. receivers on the field. So. Okay. So you take Nikhil Harry, I'll take Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then what about uh, like Marquise Brown as your slot? Yeah. So a little Hollywood Brown in the slot. Tight end, I want Noah Fant. It, yeah, obviously. Uh, offensive tackle, you can't have Jonah Williams. That's the problem. No, so probably David Edwards. David Edwards and maybe Greg Little, Ole Miss. Sure. Offensive guard. guard. <laughs> uh, I would put Risner from K-State at guard. And... I would take one of the Oklahoma boys. I can't think of their last names, but I have them. I don't either. I want to say Evans, but I don't even know if that's right. seems like they always have a guy who's named something Evans, but I don't know. I'm pulling it up right now. What about at at center? Michael Jordan from Ohio State, maybe? Bobby Evans is their left tackle. Ben Powers Mm -hmm. is who I would take a guard. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, yeah, I like him at center. He's been very versatile for Ohio State, too, so he can play all over that offensive line. So, Defensive line is pretty stacked. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to take – is Nick Bosa healthy? Because if so, I'm going to take I him. I put him on my list as healthy, too. And then, obviously, at Oliver, you want him. We can't take Quinn and Williams. So, um, I don't know. Do you want to put Cleveland Farrell on this list? Because I really like him. I would put Dexter Lawrence on this list okay, as uh, my nose. That's what I had, too. Because, like, Dexter Lawrence is going to occupy so many blockers for Ed okay. Oliver. So, at least Oliver, Lawrence, and Bosa – at the other defensive end, I don't know. That makes I, I'm not the biggest Cleveland Farrell fan, but I'm willing to concede him. Uh, to, I mean, he's good. He's gonna be a, I think he'll be a first round pick. But he's experienced against Alabama. At least. I, yeah. Okay. That that works. Yeah. <laughs> Linebackers. I really like Devin Bush, and I think yeah, uh, you can pair him with Devin White and put exactly. him on the outside. You can even run some nickel with those two. Jeez, you'd be lights out. And I would put Josh Allen as my yep, linebacker. That's who I, got. I would rush the fuck out of that boy. At corner, I know Greedy struggled a little bit against Alabama, but that's just because Judy's really good. I would still take Greedy Williams in there. Me too. And then your boy Mullins out of Clemson. Yep. I hope we get to see that matchup in the playoffs. Safety. Safety got difficult for me. Delpit. Grand Delpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And then next one, I'm just going to go with some character, a little thumper, stop that run, Taylor, Taylor Rapp. Rapp. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Okay. Uh, Alabama would beat this team. <laughs> <laughs> they would. Uh, I think they would beat this yeah. team. Like, there's so many positions where I'm like, okay, who's the top guy? Alabama. Oh, shit. He plays at Alabama. We can't draft him. Yeah. So I'll run it through Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor at running back, Nikhil Harry, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Hollywood Brown at wide receiver, Noah Fan at tight end, Greg Little, David Edwards at tackle, uh, Dalton Risner at uh, Power from Oklahoma at guard, Michael Jordan at center. On defense, we got Nick Bosa and Cleveland Farrell on the edge. Ed Oliver, Dexter Lawrence in the middle, Devin White, Devin Bush, Josh Allen at linebacker, Greedy Williams, uh, Trayvon Mullins at corner, Grant Delpit, Taylor Rapp at safety. 
And Irv Smith is going to catch like eight balls for 150 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and two is just going to hit it deep every time. Ah, fuck. That's Alabama for you. I can't believe we have questions after this because that was like probably a good one to go out on. Uh, all right, Joshua Engler uh, sent me this. Sliding in the DMs for draft on draft. Also wanted to get a more personal question. As a fellow draft-obsessed father, have you gotten any of your kids involved at all? My son's almost six, and he's barely interested. My almost two-year-old has much bigger fr- fish to fry in her world. Thanks again for the content, as always. If you all come down to SoCal, I'll greet you with a case of Natty. That's Ooh. his first question. He has a couple more. Fantastic. So I have two daughters, and every once in a while they'll tell me that they like watching football with me. Um, they even said one Saturday that they were Georgia fans because they fell in love with Ugga. They saw him on TV, and they're like, that's the cutest dog I've ever seen. Not an athletic bone in their bodies, and I, I don't think that they will take an interest in football. Now they they know about like the Texas Longhorns. They even know about the Royals, but I just— I don't think that's a part of my world they're going to get into. Yeah, so I have obviously two kids as well. I have an 18-year-old daughter who pretends to like football, and I think she likes to like tailgate. If it were up to her, she would probably never watch football again. Yeah, it's more about like the everything culture, going on like, around right. it. She likes that. Like she and my girlfriend like to like throw parties so we can all watch football. She's like she's cool with that. And she's going to a college that has a strong tailgate culture, so I'm sure that that will help. My son is 5. And it is hit or miss. You never know. There are days where we drive by a football field and he'll go, I can't wait to play football there. And then there are days where he's like, why are we not watching Paw Patrol? Like, <laughs> right. Turn on Puppy Dog Pals, you ignorant slut. Why are you <laughs> watching football? So it's I really don't know with him yet. I can see it go either way. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really get a good like, handle on his interest either. Puppy Dog Pals. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's what he likes. Scooby Doo. He really likes Scooby Doo right now. So if Scooby Doo was on football, it's funny that he likes dogs so much because you don't. I, everything he watches has a dog in it. He asked me, I bet once a week for a dog. How's that going? He's not getting one. That's how well it's going. All right, Josh had a couple questions. Number one, at what talent level do you have to? At what talent level do you have to be to ignore size issues? For this class, I'm talking about prospects like Devin Bush and Jai Kai Polite. Previous classes have been Baker, Chubby, Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) Who called him Chubby? Jeez. Uh, You know, I think these guys do get over the height issue. Yeah. I really like Devin Bush, and I think he can play in the NFL, especially just with the versatility that the NFL wants. He has it. He's very rangy. He plays strong. Uh, He doesn't have that big of a problem getting off blocks. Uh, So I, I do like him. I also think the NFL is almost trending away from what they have traditionally and saying, oh, you have to be six foot tall to play this position or you have to weigh so much. Like We're seeing guys like Taysom Hill now, now receivers that get converted to running back. They're being much more open-minded in the NFL than they ever have before. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you, again, like what you said earlier, you just look at traits. And I know that's like so boring, but it's really the best way to do it, to say, okay, with Devin Bush, can he disengage from blocks? What happens when he has to make a run fit? Can he get off of blocks from guards, centers, fullbacks, and, and be able to get into the backfield? With Jaikai Politis, can be about arm length. Do you see plays where he needs to use a long arm to get past a blocker? Is he able to? So those are the things that you really look for and you try to be mindful of a size issue and then look to see on film if it limits that player in any way. Question number two, with LSU down, if either of Notre Dame or Michigan stumbles, who could you see in the three or four spots? Um, well, Ohio I think State. I would even say it's going to be 
deja vu all over again. It would be Georgia and Oklahoma because they're probably uh, it would take probably Georgia winning the SEC. So I guess that would be difficult. But I do think Oklahoma would be in there. I do. I think they'll win the Big 12 and have a shot for the playoffs. So if a team did fall like a Notre Dame or Michigan, I think Oklahoma will be. And I think Ohio State would if they obviously have to beat Michigan, they would be a one loss team. Yeah. If Michigan stumbles, it's going to be to Ohio State. So I agree with you there. Yep. Last question. And this is the last one for this week. Y'all can't ignore my dude, Andy Isabella, much longer. He put 303 yards on nine catches for two TDs. He's got a big game against Georgia in a few weeks, so don't sleep on him. So there you go. Okay, I'll be looking for that him. That name is Andy Isabella. I'm guessing that's a small school guy because he is not on UMass. my radar. I consider that a small school. <laughs> it is a small school. Yeah, UMass. Uh, he is super productive, though. Um, and I, I know who he is just because of that, because the production has been good. He's my size, so there's that. Like 5'10", 190. Like my size now. Like not my <laughs> size when I played. Like he's a he's kind of a smaller guy. Uh, hell of a lot faster than me. I'll give him that. But he's probably going to be a Patriot. Just, yeah. yeah. Stay in Massachusetts. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Just move across town. Go play for the other team. All right. That's our show. Make sure if you don't have plans to already, come hang out with us Saturday morning. Mostly so you can stop hearing me beg and whine. Okay. Yeah. Like after this is your last chance. Last you time you're going to hear it. Don't want to hear my voice Monday morning if you all are not out at this tailgate. It's 3 a.m. on Friday when you're listening to this podcast. Start, Just get in your car. Drive it. Go to Joplin. Put it's your like astronaut diaper on and drive your ass to Joplin. You, if you wear an astronaut diaper to the tailgate, I'll give you a hoodie. I'll give you the hoodie I'm wearing. You wear an astronaut diaper to the tailgate, I'll give you $100. There you go, $100 handshake for you, sir. And I do have a tent set in my backyard if anybody needs it. It's going to be 19 degrees Saturday morning. I have two sleeping bags. You can taco yourself in there. It'll be great. Uh, It is going to be a good time. Monday morning, the show will just be me and Mello doing it live from Missouri Southern. Connor's getting another Sunday night off uh, because we're out on the road. So we will be doing a live, live air quotes, show from the Missouri Southern tailgate. Come out, get your draft on draft questions in. And make sure, as always, you're following us on Twitter and Instagram and get the show Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.